Welcome to the Smeichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smeichel, and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. I am delighted, Julie Rosenthal, Food on the 15th. She's back as we keep progressing in this See Something, Do Something series. She's been on twice before, and I'm so grateful that she's here again to teach us more about getting big things done to serve other people. Food on the 15th continues to make great strides, I mean, really great strides in improving the lives of the elderly people here in my county who are facing food insecurity. Now, the first time you were here, you talked about your desire, correct? Mm -hmm. Um, That's true. And just reiterate that real quickly. Uh, My desire to help people in our community stems from the fact that I was raised to respect my elders and that I was also raised by parents who were very active in the community who taught me that if I have the skills and the ability to help someone in need, that that's my responsibility to do that. Yeah, I remember that. And then the, the next time you came, you talked about the how, how you got it done. So quickly, will you just tell us your three models? Yes. Our three models are packing bags of nutritionally balanced, non-perishable food and dropping it off at the apartment door of a resident who has requested food. Uh, We also, before the pandemic, set up a mini grocery store in the community room of a building. Um, And then after the pandemic hit and it wasn't safe to be in crowds, we had a wonderful, wonderful angel just come out of the blue and contact me. She wanted to get involved, and we already had a food pantry at the building, and she said, I'm going to stock that food pantry every month. And I said, we don't have money. You know, we're a a not-for-profit, and we operate on zero overhead. She said, don't you worry. I'm going to get my friends and family to donate, and I'm going to stock that pantry. And almost three years later, she's still doing it. So you engage lots of different people. Yes, yes. Yeah, that makes a difference. So today we're going to talk about impact, impact, because I think the impact compels us to keep pushing forward when we're tired. Mm -hmm. So I think that the impact is also what matters most, you know. So I want you to just talk about impact. Um, What What impact? How many seniors do you feed monthly? Um, How are you measuring results? Just let's talk about that. Okay. So I would estimate it varies per month, but it's usually between 70 to 100 low-income older adults in Howard County at two buildings that we are getting food to. Um, I think the impact has been huge on them because I don't think that they have to worry as much Mm -hmm. about where their next meal is going to come from. I have had people call me and tell me they had an issue and they have almost no money for food this month. Could we give them an extra bag or could we give them extra food? And the answer is always yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's really hard for people to come out and say, I really, really need an extra bag this month. Mm -hmm. Um, I would estimate in the 17 years we've been doing this, We have delivered over 65,000 free bags of groceries and toiletries with no strings attached. It's just getting people in the community together, showing how you can make a difference. Doesn't cost you a lot of money, doesn't cost you a lot of time. You volunteer when you're able to. 
Um, we've raised the level of visibility of awareness of food insecurity, which is now a mainstream word, food insecurity. It's hunger. Mm-hmm. People were not used to hearing that word before. Um, and it's letting people know, even if you can't donate financially or donate a food item, you can volunteer your time, your creativity, and your energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have impacted families because we've had families, three generations that come and help us when we had the mini grocery store, Mm -hmm. which creates quality family time. And afterwards, they'd go out for lunch or they'd go for a hike. or It's just beautiful seeing grandparents, parents, and children all working together. Mm -hmm. And we've had little kids come and the mom will stand there and she'll say to the child, you know, can you hand me cereal? And the little three-year-old runs and grabs a box of cereal and brings it back. So just seeing the young people getting involved in their community and seeing that no matter what their age, they can do something and have an impact. And we have no minimum age to volunteer as long as your parent is there with you to supervise you. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't want one of these things where you had to be 14 or 16. Um, And I also didn't want people dropping children off (laughs) because we're running around and we can't supervise your kids. Yeah, we're not babysitting. (laughs) We're not babysitting. So you need to come and supervise your kid. And then the parents get really excited. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, this is so fun. My child and I, we love doing this. And people start coming with all their kids. Mm -hmm. So um, it's just it's been a great positive impact on our community. I love that. It's so many ways. I love that. You know, just not – it's more than just about – getting food to people. It's the community working together for a common goal Mm -hmm. to help people. And I know there's another impact that I've seen in watching this is the impact on the lives of the seniors when they get to interact with the kids or even when they get to interact with like the realtor who goes and does it and other people like they just light up like Christmas trees Mm -hmm. when they are interacting with new people and when, you know, new people are setting up the fresh market, the indoor farmers market, and they really thrive. And because I, one of the things that I have noticed at your Tiber building is many of those people don't get out. Right. They live in that small apartment in that building and their, their world is, you know, the community center, um, maybe going outside on the patio, but having people come in, particularly having young people come in, impacts them in a very positive way. It, it absolutely does. And in fact, we have several veterans who live in that building. And one time we had the junior ROTC from a local high school come in wearing their uniforms. Oh, were these people thrilled? Mm-hmm. They were asking them, you know, what are you doing? Are you planning to go into the service after high school or college? And it just created that um, feeling among the older adults that there are young people who care about our country mm-hmm. and care about keeping everyone safe and doing community service. And think about the impact of how you would feel uh, if you were hungry and people you don't even know come into your building and give you free food with no strings attached just because they care about you. They don't know you, but they mm-hmm. want to help you. And that makes people feel so good. Oh, yeah. You know, and then plus it takes the strain off of them of worrying about what am I going to eat next. Mm -hmm. And we have people in Howard County and all over the country, they take their medicine every other day so that they can afford food or utilities. And that's a choice nobody should have to make. Yeah, You should not have to give up food to pay utilities or to buy your medicine. You mentioned that every other day with the medicine before, and I had never heard that before. So that that was just very sobering. Yeah. Very, very sobering. So what are you going to do to make sure that 
this impact lasts? Like, what is your secession plan? What are you, how are you going to keep this going? That is a very good question. And what my next goal is, is to engage several different faith-based organizations, um, churches, synagogues, mosques, to get their youth involved in this and food on the 15th, because I love doing this, but I'm not going to be here forever. And I Mm -hmm. want to make sure that after I'm gone, that food on the 15th continues and that people are still getting food and that the word is getting out that there is a need. Because no matter how hard you try, you will never alleviate food insecurity because stuff happens Mm -hmm. and people are hungry. So I'm going to see if I can find several organizations that have youth youth groups Mm -hmm. and just think about how much food a faith-based organization could collect. People come in for meetings for different boards. They come in for services. They come in for events. If you've got a non-perishable food donation box, that food gets collected all month, and then the youth group meets once a month to sort it and bag it and deliver it. Mm -hmm. And then we will have continuity because we will have the youth group director know that that is one of the projects that the youth group does, and that will be continuing. Because my big issue is kids graduate and they age out, and I have to find younger kids to come in and train them on how to do this. So that's one, that addresses the sustainability of one of your models. What are you going to do regarding sustainability of the pantry model? Like, what's the plan for making sure that that has lasting impact? Well, that's also something that could be handed off to a faith-based organization because there's different models. The main thing is to collect the food. How you Mm -hmm. get it to people is what works for your group. Okay. So um, a church group or a synagogue or a mosque could collect food all month and then bring it and then put it in the food pantry. Okay. So, and that's easy to do because the person who's doing the food pantry, you know, if they're not able to do that anymore, I can find somebody else who will do that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There are always people who want to help. Yeah. That's the thing I've learned. Yeah. And that's what so makes me feel so good is just when I think, how am I going to do this? I'll get a phone call or somebody will say, I did a food drive for you that I didn't even know about. Mm-hmm. And we want to drop off this food. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's wonderful. And that's where the constant um, visibility is important, mm-hmm. making sure that people know, because the more people who know the more people who will engage. Exactly. That's very important. So one of the things that I think about when I think about see something, do something, is you've got to do something that will last. So I'm glad to hear that you're thinking in terms of the long haul, because I would hate, you know, in 10 years to say, oh, what happened to food on the 15th? Um, So that's good. I'm glad you're thinking about the long haul. Um, That's a very good thing. It's very important because I don't want all the work that I've done and that all the volunteers have done to just fade away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it takes a village because all I did was come up with the idea. It is the thousands of people who have volunteered and donated over the past 17 years Mm -hmm. that have made this so successful because you can't accomplish this without the whole community. That's wonderful. Helping. And we've got the, the nation's community helping, yes. you know, which yes. I think is just absolutely awesome. Are there any other ideas that you would share for making a person's uh, effort at seeing something and doing something lasting and sustainable? What other things would you advise? Uh, I would advise to get as many people involved as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to other people's ideas. People mm. from other walks of life 
have different perceptions of things, mm-hmm. and two people can see the same issue but have radically different solutions that both work. Mm-hmm. So be open to new ideas. Be open to suggestions. Um, get a group of concerned friends together. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my friends was concerned about students not having snacks, and I'm going to give you her name because you might want to have her on here. Okay. And she um, has a group that collects snacks that are given out to kids at different schools who don't have snacks. That's snack time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just see what it is that you want to do and figure out a way to get there. Say, oh, I want to do this. With me, it was food on the 15th. And I thought, how am I going to get food to the low-income older adults? What's the fastest way to collect a lot of food? And it's a, a big organization or a place that people go to every day. Mm-hmm. So, um, The other thing I, I was that just kind of passed through my mind as you were saying that is when you said be open to other ideas and open to other suggestions, one of the things I admire about you with the pantry model is that you just said, just do it. Like you never said you have to do it this way, you have to do it that way, or this is this is the way that I do it. I know that with the pantry model that you just said, okay, just do it. What, and- whatever works for the person who's volunteering. Again, the most important thing is to collect the food and distribute it. Mm-hmm. You have to do what works for you. What works for you may not work for me, and that's fine mm-hmm. because it's the same goal, collecting the food and distributing it. How you collect it, how you distribute it, you do what works for you. The other thing I've noticed is I'll just tell a quick side story. Um, Someone that I know was talking about the fact that her husband's work did this food drive, and they had been doing it every month, but they were finding that certain foods weren't going. Like, people didn't want them. And she was saying, well, that's terrible. They should take what they can get. And we're collecting food for them. And I said, well, you're not really collecting food for them if you're collecting food that isn't what they want. I said, you're just collecting food. So let's not get it twisted here. I think sometimes it's important to check our egos at the door. Definitely. And to understand that if you are providing a service for me, it has to be a valuable service for me. So, for instance, if you say you're collecting food for Joanne and you bring me a bunch of canned asparagus or canned beets, I'm just going to take them to the food to the food pantry because I don't like them. Right. So we have to meet people at their need, mm-hmm. not at what we want them to have. And I like the fact that you've been able to do that by honoring special requests and asking people, what do you want? So I think that those are really important things in terms of sustainability and in terms of having a well-regarded operation. Thank you. Thank you. It's important to give people foods that they want to eat. Right. You know, you don't want to give somebody something that they hate and they're eating it because they're hungry. I mean... Yeah, we talked about that in one of the earlier episodes. So I think that that is very important and that makes people want to get what you're giving. I think that that's another piece of this in terms of keeping something going. Well, you have to be giving people something that they value, not just that you value. Exactly. But the other thing I have found is when you get foods that people don't want at a particular building, there's always somebody who does want that. Mm -hmm. We've got multiple food pantries in our county. And um, what I've done in the past is I'll say I have six cases of pasta. No one is going to eat this. And people say to me, oh, my God, my people are asking for pasta all the time. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, what I would love to see with all the food banks in Howard County is some type of transportation where you can shift the food from one food pantry to another. To another. That would be excellent. Without any money changing hands. You just have a runner pick it up and drop it off. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. So Yeah, because there's always somebody who wants it. Right, right. 
I love that idea. I love it. I love it. I love it. Is there anything else that we should know about impact, keeping things going, um, creating a model that lasts? Is there anything else that we ought to know? Um, I think that if you have an idea, you should run with it. Okay. And I think most issues are solvable by putting people's heads together or figuring out a way to make it happen. Never give up is what I would say. And you're going to make mistakes. And mistakes are not bad. They are opportunities to learn. And you learn, that didn't work. We won't do that again. Okay? And then you can pass that knowledge on to someone else and say, this didn't work for us. Maybe it'll work for you. But, Mm -hmm. you know, for whatever reason, it didn't work for us. But the main thing is, Find a, find a solution. Find mm-hmm. a way to get around an obstacle. Do not ever give up. If you have an idea that you think is wonderful and workable, just talk to people. Have meetings. Figure out, brainstorm. Figure out a way to make it work. I love that. I love that. I so appreciate you giving up your time to come again to the Smichael Speaks podcast channel. I love the fact that you saw something and you are doing something, doing something that matters and something that will last. So thank you for your service in Howard County and thank you for your service in our world. Well, thank you for this opportunity to come in and raise the level of visibility of awareness about hunger in the world. And thank you for all you do to share with people what other people are doing in the community. Stay well. You too. Thank you. You're wonderful. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope that you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe to get more relevant leadership learning. Check out my YouTube channel to stay prepared for leading in an ever-evolving world.